Live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's the Zach Ballinger Show, where we help you find your direction through passion and purpose. My name is Zach Ballinger. I am your host. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We have got a special guest. Two quick items of note. We are streaming via YouTube. So if you do have any questions, feel free to enter them into the comment box. We'll make sure to ask our guests as we go live. You guys can always always email me zach at zachballinger.com we continually check that every day to make sure and see if there's any questions for guests that are coming on the show without further ado stephanie thank you so much for joining the show today hi zach thanks for having me i'm happy to join and uh speak to your audience today about filmmaking yeah so i'm excited to learn about your career so can you tell us kind of what you do as far as career wise what's your title all that good jazz Sure. I'm a filmmaker. More specifically, I guess at this point, I'm an independent filmmaker, I'm kind of in that um, emerging category. But um, I basically produce, I write, and I um, direct film projects and videos. And so, you know, for a lot of the students out there or even millennials, that, uh, and to see a lot of people making films, um, you know, phones have made it pretty popular where you can film and other apps. How did you get started in this particular career? Yeah, well, my journey is um, kind of goes kind of is kind of global in a sense. Um, I just made a career shift a few years back and I was interested in fashion. Um, so I moved overseas to Paris and while I was there, I decided to launch a style blog and I was going to fashion shows and I wanted to do something kind of related to fashion and style, um, advice and to promote the blog. I, um, my boyfriend at the time had a camera, a Canon 5d. So I shot like a little promotional trailer video and that's kind of the spark that kind of like the, the passion. Um, so I planned the shoot um, and it was kind of like a photo shoot and kind of showing how the site was gonna give you style advice. And I just love the whole process from beginning to end of actually making the video. So coming up with the idea and what we're gonna do, I brought in some of my friends from a, a fashion school I was attending, like a makeup artist, some models and things like that. Um, we set it up, you know, everyone's so excited about it, especially when you're kind of starting out and you just kind of want to get your foot into something. So everyone was just happy to help. The energy was great and exciting. You're being creative. Um, so we shot the, the video um, and the apartment I was living in at the time. And then I edited it on iMovie, the free software that came with the Mac at the time. And I just loved it. I just it was just a satisfaction of seeing an idea and the vision come to life from conception to completion. And after I finished editing and I added music and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It was just kind of a self-satisfying type of thing. And so from there, I diverged once again on a different track. So I decided that I still like fashion, you know, looking good, left style. I'm definitely the visual world and arts are definitely appealing to me, but I have to incorporate video. Like if I was going to do something every day, it was going to be that. So, you know, I came up with this whole fashion film idea that I was going to incorporate into fashion that way. And then as I progressed, because I did not have that background, I decided to go the self-taught route. And it kind of over time just led into me just being a, just a regular filmmaker and wanting to tell other stories. Wow, such a great story and a great journey. Yeah. Now, how long have you been a filmmaker? 
Oh, I mean, I am, you know, I'm in, in the emerging kind of just starting out. I've just, I've had the blessing of really completing my first narrative fiction project within the last year, meaning it's a, a completely original story that I wrote and shot myself. Um, but before then, it was just the um, working and developing phase. And that's really been, I would say, seriously, the past um, seven or eight years. Wow. Um, and that I've been doing, um, working on sets from commercial to uh, commercial shoots, you know, for, you know, ads to um, independent films shot here locally to um, just the corporate video um, kind of servicing businesses. So what type of films are you currently doing? Do you do mainly business or do you do fictional like movie types or a little bit of everything? What films are you particularly working on? Well, uh, it's in particularly, I mean, location and geography isn't, you know, is a strong factor. There's two kind of main kind of cities that kind of foster film in the United States. Um, well, the, the major New York and LA, of course, there's some other regional giants like Atlanta. Um, but in the area where I am, like in North Carolina, uh, a smaller regional market, it's going to be a lot of um, business or corporate video where you have a few um, established production companies that might get big corporate clients like around this area. You might have an IBM that might hire a production company or, or things like that. But so that's the kind of work that puts food on the table to a certain extent, or um, just getting hired in the marketing or communications department at a company and contributing to their visual content overall, where that might include video or they might, I've been hired on contracts, for example, to uh, do a specific video contract for a company. They might do a series, things like that. But um, I guess in terms of where um, my passion is and where I'm working towards my day-to-day -to, -day to be is just creating my own original stories. And so my first short film that I mentioned that I just completed, that's on the festival circuit now, The Black Baptism, that is in the sci-fi um, fantasy genre. And um, I really like it. I think I want to stick to it. It's uh, kind of a, the plot, the storyline is a thriller. Um, and I have some more ideas around that, around that story that I want to build on. So it's going to be in that thriller fantasy space. That's awesome. And, you know, just looking back, um, you know, when you, what did you dream about? Let's, let's put you in a time portal and take you back in your past, whether it be third or fifth grade, was there a career you dreamed about being, I know you kind of mentioned the fashion, was it fashion <laughs> or was it something else? Um, third or fourth grade. Oh, wow. You're trying to take me back. Even, um, and if you can at high school or just something that you kind of had your, your mindset on in, in grade school or, or college, if you, if sure. any, I didn't have one really. So <laughs> yeah, I will. My answer is going to be, it's probably kind of all over the place. I was definitely, um, interested in a lot of things. My parents, thankfully, um, were able to allow me to explore different things. But I would say for a long time, I mean, I have a, I went to school for business and that's my background. Um, it was kind of just interest in business and entrepreneurship. Um, I definitely, I was interested in, um, I think being a doctor, um, like grade school, that that's what comes to mind being a doctor. But overall, um, 
you know, I wasn't really sure going into college, um, going into school when you explore careers, but I knew that um, I was ultimately interested in business until <laughs> I discovered this. So, and you know, so I would define this career in the art section. You know, mm -hmm. I think I think you would too. What did your? Because I, I I know there's a stigma and a stereotype when you mention anything from acting or filmmaking. You know, was your family supportive? Was your friends supportive? Did you have any naysayers? Hey, I'm going to be a filmmaker, and they're like. What's that again? So, you know, talk to me about that. Were, were people mainly encouraging to you or any pushback that you can remember? Um, yeah, that. Um, so for me, because I made a career shift, um, I, you know, my family has done a lot and they have overall been supportive, but they weren't as supportive as I thought they would be when I decided to make the change. Um, and that was definitely disappointing, especially when I came back and I knew for sure that I wanted to pursue this direction because that was also the purpose of going overseas. It was like, I want to find my purpose. And actually, I, you know, I spent the time and kind of did and I found something. Um, but at that point, you know, I kind of, I think their whole thing was like, you know, pick something and stick to it. Um, and then they're, you know, with parents, I think, you know, we get upset with them, but their concern is like, are you going to be able to provide for yourself and take care of yourself? So um, they weren't as supportive as I hoped they would be. And I think that's common for careers in the arts because um, you do, there is a, there are a lot of financial challenges. Um, the arts do struggle. Um, and you also do need a lot of resources and financial help to create art, no matter what it is, it's pretty expensive. Filmmaking probably being the most expensive. Um, so, you know, their whole thing was like, okay, you know, you made, you did was fashion now it's film. And then also like took me a while to kind of get in the film cause I had that learning curve too. So I was a little disappointed that they weren't as, ex as, um, excited as I was, I guess, but they supported me how they could, um, you know, like I regrouped when I came back. Um, they didn't you know, like say, hurry up and do something different or try to shut it down, but they were just, you know, kind of like, okay, when you're gonna be able to, you know, get back out there again, <laughs> like you were. Yeah. And I, I, the reason I asked that and have you share that story is because a lot of the times, you know, we have careers in mind that our parents want us to succeed. They want us to be successful. They want us to be able to put food on the table, things like that. So, you know, they love us and, you know, our friends, but sometimes when I interview people with the careers a little bit outside the box, you know, at first, for example, I interviewed a juggler who's a Guinness book, book of world record juggler right now. And that's what he does for a living. Well, could you imagine going home and being like, Hey mom, I'm going to be a juggler tomorrow. And, right. you know, that's going to give you pause because, you know, they care about you. But at the same time, you're an adult and you you have a focus and now you're an established uh, independent filmmaker. So I love hearing the, the story, how you were able to come out on the, the other side. Now, on the flip side, you talked a lot about your passion in the film industry. Um, you talked about the good things of it. This is sometimes a little bit hard for people to answer. But is there something that people should know that's difficult about your job or something that you have to deal with that may be a hassle or maybe you don't even like to do? <laughs> well, if you want to make your own work, 
I mean, just getting it done is going to be a challenge. You're, um, you know, you have to um, be realistic um, and expect um, like the process for a film project takes several years. So be willing to invest that time into getting something done that you want to get done that you're committed to. Um, so the most frustrating part is, are certainly the financial barriers. Um, you know, I've heard it said before, interviews from like actors, other creative filmmakers, like, you know, what advice would you give someone like be rich, have money? That's, you know, the cold truth of it. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't be creative and satisfied that, um, that need and that desire. Um, but so apart from that, I think just in terms of filmmaking, whether it's video, whether it's a, you know, commission, business, you know, a documentary or creative, I think the most challenging part is I would say the production side, like shooting, because that's where you, um, kind of have to get it done, uh, in the can is the term and where the logistics side comes in, where you're trying to bring all these different people together to help you create, you know, um, realize your vision and create it and manifest it. And it's a really, production is like really logistical. Um, so uh, getting everyone at one location at the same time, everything you need, you know, ordering equipment, all of that. And so you have to have, that's certainly the business end. And I've, I've seen um, creative people challenged with that. A lot of times it's, um, it's either there's this dichotomy, either they're like super creative and they don't want to handle business or um, you, and you have the business people that aren't creative and maybe you can find a synergy or a good partner. I feel like I'm pretty balanced because I have that business background. So going in and like organizing and creating documents and working with people, um, you know, lists and planning is um, fine with me and it was easy. But um, if you're like a creative person and you just, you know, want to create and plan and focus on your vision um, and you don't, but you don't have the resources to hire someone dedicated to that. Um, you're going to have to maybe do that if you really want to get some of your projects done and kind of really be organized, really be very organized, get familiar with using Word documents and spreadsheets. I've seen a lot of people that just don't like to work like that. And it really affects the planning because once you get down to shooting, something um, in film, once you get on set and you have your plan every day, that extra, you know, if you have a delay, you have to shoot an extra day or something happens and you have to reschedule that costs you money. Gotcha. Thanks for going into that. Now, if someone were to spend a typical day with you, and I know for everyone, this is such a difficult question because all of our days look different. But if you had to describe it and somebody was doing a perceptorship with you or was, was job shadowing and Stephanie wakes up in the morning to the time she goes to bed, what does a typical day look like? <laughs> um, it's pretty laid back now. I mean, I'll, I'll just pretend like we're not in a pandemic, I guess. <laughs> um, but I've, I mean, I've, I've kind of realized as I thought back, I've always really worked from home ever since I graduated. Cause when I came out of school, I was in consulting. Um, so we didn't have any traditional offices like you had to reserve a space to go into the regular office. So I've always worked from home, but then going into film. Um, so it's really a lot of sitting behind a computer. I gotta be honest with you until you get to the shoot, a lot of sitting behind the computer and planning, um, 
So I I recently have recently just got hired to do a, a documentary for a, um, a an organization here. Um, and so I'm kind of starting to dive into the planning process now. And so the majority of filmmaking is that pre-production, what we call the planning phase. So if you have a script or if you're kind of figuring out the, how you're going to tell your story, um, looking at visual ideas. Um, so I've been watching a lot of movies. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> watching a lot of movies, um, working with a lot of spreadsheets and lists, like putting together what a top possible schedule is going to be. Um, you know, who I want to work with, the crew, um, you finding locations to shoot. So, um, once we kind of get that visual, the visual concept that we want out of the way, uh, once the writing process is done, you know, you have your story, which you're going to tell, which takes a long time. Some people, um, if this is like your own project, it may take you a year or two to get a script together. Um, it just depends on what you have. Um, and then you start um, going out and looking at places and that's when you kind of start interacting with people. So you start looking at places you might want to shoot. You start talking to people that are going to be on the camera um, and that's when you start engaging. But yeah, a lot of it is like working at a computer. And then when you get back to editing, you're back behind the computer again. So, um, you know, you do have to be technologically savvy, comfortable with the computer, you know, I, you know, I still meet people now who aren't and that find that pretty frustrating, but, um, you know, be willing to learn different software, all these kind of collaborative interfaces like your Slack, um, Trillo, those type of um, uh, collaborative and project planning tools um, that you'll need. Spreadsheets. <laughs> And as far as education, you mentioned that you you kind of had that business background just for my audience to know. So did you go to college a and then what was your major? And then did you take any film classes? Sure. Yes, I attended Drexel University, Drexel University, um, and my major was business and I focused on marketing. And so, no, I did not um, have an interest in film at that time. I, I wasn't hadn't been exposed to it. I wish I had in hindsight, because I just could have gone over and taken some classes. Um, but uh, my path here has been completely self-taught. Um, and that's absolutely possible. Um, because this is like, again, a, a technical, um, it's a technical field on the uh, behind the behind the camera side. So as long as you can get, you do need experience, as long as you can get on a set or work with people um, and learn. Um, you're good to go. There's a lot of, um, you know, highly successful self-taught filmmakers, Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson. And you say that so nonchalant, but uh, <laughs> just the hard work that you had to put in to self-teach yourself. I mean, that's oh, yeah. a it, pretty it's, yeah, great it's, accomplishment. It definitely was more time consuming. Um, so it just depends. Like I had, I made a decision when I said, okay, I'm, this is something else I want to learn. I made a decision that I did not want to go back to school. So um, that wasn't an option for me. I didn't want to find another program. I didn't want to go into debt. And I had already kind of been jaded, um, for, you know, coming out into the workforce and things aren't, you know, aren't really what you're, you learn they, how they work in school. It's not, you know, also about merit and it's not about um, someone always having uh, the skills that you need or really, you know, a lot of stuff you learn in school, you don't, you know, you never use to a certain extent. So um, it depends on kind of where you are. It 
going to school can be valuable. Um, I mean, from what I've seen, a lot of the people coming out of schools, they the, one of the huge benefits is just their network. You know, they can get a project done because they have people um, that friends that they met in school that'll come and help them at no cost and stuff like that. And if you don't, you don't have that network, you have to put in work with people so they can trust you and feel like there's someone that they want to work with. And that takes more time. Um, but um, I, I, I would not get into debt just for that benefit. Uh, great advice. Um, I want to get to these questions that we did have come in. So the first one comes in, it, it says, you mentioned that you do some films for corporations as far as promotional videos. Um, how important it is to have a portfolio when you go about soliciting for business? Um, it's very important. That is what you're going to be judged by. Um, you know, you just have to accept that this is a visual field. Um, you know, people are so bombarded now, you know, with media and things like that. So if you want to present something or they want to uh, see if you're a good fit, they're just going to want to see your work first. They may not even look at your resume. Gotcha. And um, then go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I mean, well, I don't want to say they may not look at your resume, but a resume is not going to be enough. They want to see that you can produce kind of what they're looking for. If you can do it, if you've done it, if you've done it before. Makes sense. And so the next question that comes in, it says, I want to do this particular type of field. Um, where, how do you make a video go viral? What are some of the keys? Oh. Um, I, so I'm not a kind of content or analytics expert, but I just from what I've seen, because I do, you know, I'm promoting my film myself. I'm doing my social media. I've done web, you know, I have the, you know, I've, eat off of kind of the digital marketing space or contracts. Um, there is no secret formula for that, guys. There's no secret formula for anything, guys. Y'all got to put the work in. Um, but, uh, you know, it's either something that um, is going to really catch, catch someone's attention. So you either have to trigger people emotionally and some kind of controversial or cute topic, you know, like some, you know, whatever is kind of controversial or cute at the time or like a cute kitten, you know, that type of thing, maybe incorporate an animal, but also um, have already have an audience. Really, it's really about having an audience. So um, you have to put in the time to build up your social media audience. And that's going to that's the best way to in increase the probability that a video is going to go viral um, because people are, are going to share it. Makes that's sense. my answer. Zach, you no. might know more about that. Zach has no. 40,000 followers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, it makes sense. I mean, it's like you said, there's no magic formula to it. You can't just one day. Some people, things just uh, click. And, but I think you said something. It's all about telling a story. You know, I think of the viral mm -hmm. figures, you know, somebody popular like John Maxwell or somebody like that puts out a tweet or a video. It's going to get likes and hits. But if you're, you don't know, uh, of something. It's all about telling a story and being consistent. Mm -hmm. You know, it's social media is, it's not really hard. It's just, you have to put the work in and that's every single day you're, yeah. you're making con quality content. And, you know, that sounds so easy, but it's, it's really not. It's um, you have to be consistent with your followers and offer them something of value, I would say, but yeah. I, I, I like your answer too, as, as well. Um, the next question that comes in, I think, I think you kind of covered this, but, um, a student asked that they, they wanted 
right? Do what you're doing, being a filmmaker. What major would you suggest for them if they wanted to uh, go to college? Um, I would get into a, a film school. I would just focus on film school. If, um, I mean, some, of course, there's some universities that have their recognized film programs, like your NYU's, whatever. Um, so just find a program that has filmmaking where you're going to, you know, so if you know you want to make movies, um, find a film specific program because sometimes uh, people might do, there's these mass communications or the journalism comms majors um, and uh people get exposed to the production side with those. But um, from what I've seen, sometimes people don't come out um, with some of that, the technical and um, that craft, you know, craft knowledge of constructing a film and story. So find a film specific program. Um, if there's a standalone film school or a conservatory where they focus on it, where like you look at the program and they have people that want to study directing, specifically cinematography, production design specific, then you know it's a comprehensive program. Or, you know, if it's a recognized university like NYU, which you don't have to try and get into, you don't have to spend money there to be successful, but um, it's one of the more, more prestigious programs, but it's part of a big university, but it has to be a, a film program. Gotcha. Um, and I would, I would see if there's, you know, classes on um, where you are going to work with the camera, you're going to do editing. Because I've seen it where it seems like people kind of just have one expertise in one thing and they um, don't, you know, maybe they don't even know how to use a camera sometimes or um, they, you know, can't go in and edit, but just kind of be able to maybe do your own project yourself or just have the knowledge um, so you, you know, can have less crew. That makes sense. Gotcha. Good advice. So the last question is someone asks, how long did it take you to write your first movie script? So the short film, um, I was actually working on the script for a few years, but to be honest, when I first wrote it, I would say 30 days. And I, what I did was I went away, kind of did like a little retreat. I went away and stayed with a friend um, for 30 days straight and I wrote it out. Um, and it was actually, uh, well, actually a feature a feature film. And then from there, um, I got a really rough draft in that 30 days. And then from there, I pulled um, the short from that and reworked it. Um, so I would say it depends on what you want to write. But, um, you know, I would say one to three months, you should be able to get a good solid draft of a feature um, for the short you know, a couple of weeks. It depends on how many pages you want to write. Um, and then from there, you're just revising. It depends on, you know, if you can take criticism or feedback or, um, you know, how, how good you want it to be. Um, reworking it over a year or so. Well, Stephanie, this has been absolutely um fantastic for you joining the show because I think this career is so interesting um, for me, yeah, and, you know, and it, 
it's a, it's a, it's a great career and you can tell you're very passionate about it. Could you please share with me um, where they could find, just let's say somebody's out there listening they want to listen, they want to either watch your movie or they want to follow you on social media. What's the best way they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. Well, definitely go to the website, theblackbaptism.com. That's the name of the film. So theblackbaptism.com and uh, the links to all the social media are there. Um, and you can uh, write on the screen here. I don't know if you can see my hand. <laughs> um, you can follow at me in 5D and um, our Instagram and Twitter handles will come up, follow that. And also the Black Baptism on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and please like and follow, subscribe and support if you enjoy film, sci-fi, thriller. Um, help me build my audience. <laughs> Absolutely. So what we'll do, Stephanie, we'll put all those links in the bottom of the show, especially for you guys out in the audience. If you want to follow Stephanie, just feel free to follow her. We'll have all of her social media tags there. Again, we know you're very busy. Um, You have a lot of editing and all that great stuff to do, but we really learned a lot and we can tell that everybody is very engaged. So thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to help and share with anyone. And please feel free to email me if you guys have any questions. Um, I wouldn't be here without people just giving me good advice as well. Thank you, Zach. Thanks, Stephanie. Take care. You too.